Welcome to PTBC Podcast, where we will be speaking about innovation, technology, growing your business, and maximizing your entrepreneurial potential. Let's get down to business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the PTBC Podcast. This is Slava, and I'm joined by Sarush. Hey, everyone. Today, we have a special guest and our first ever guest from across the border. So it's a graduate from Ithaca College, where he received his Doctor of Physical Therapy degree. He's a certified strength and conditioning specialist. He's a sports performance coach, and he's a firm believer in the growth mindset. But most importantly, he's the founder of an unbelievable mentorship platform called the Level Up Initiative. So let's welcome Dr. Zag Gabor. It's an absolute pleasure to have such an inspiring individual looking to make real change in our industry. We have seen how well Zach has been able to brand his initiative, and today he will be talking to us about how he has been able to effectively brand this and how he went about the business behind the finished product. All right, it's time to get down to business. Zach, how are you doing today? I am very good. Thank you for having me on, boys. It's an honor to be the first American guest on the show. <laughs> yeah, it's truly an honor for us as well, and we're super excited to have you on. And yeah. um, we'll uh, dive right into it. Yeah. So we just wanted you to let us know about your journey through uh, physiotherapy and uh, what has brought you to the place uh, where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. I will do my best to keep it short and sweet. Uh, essentially, I went to school in upstate New York, Ithaca College, fairly close to the border, um, close enough. <laughs> and um, I really just fell in love with the content right, right first day of school. Uh, funny enough, I actually applied to college to be a history teacher. Little did I know teaching would be the deep-rooted passion that kind of um, channeled throughout all of this. And so after my first summer of anatomy, uh, applying some, some critical thinking skills, I, I really created opportunities to start teaching. So I was a teaching assistant for a gross anatomy the following summer, musculoskeletal exam. That really solidified my love for teaching, but also mentoring the next generation of students. I just, I couldn't get enough of it. And I knew that that was something I really wanted to do beyond just the clinical stuff. Um, that being said, got my strength training stuff through school and coached through school, which was huge experience for me. And I got out as a new grad, ready to rock and roll and, and make a difference in the world. And then about six months in, I was very challenged by a mentor of mine that really um, gave me some good food for thought about the way that I was doing things. Um, namely, I was very, very, very biomedically biased in my approach because that's what school pretty much teaches you. And um, he really challenged me to some of the current evidence that talks about the biopsychosocial model, especially our language and our words. Um, it was at that point that it really challenged me to reflect and understand that I was potentially creating more harm than good. And at that point, though it was a very tough pill to swallow and while I was frustrated, I really found my purpose and my mission to act as a mentor and educator for the next generation of students to help them from not making the same mistakes I did so that we could drive change in healthcare sooner. Mm -hmm. So Zach, we absolutely love, you know, your passion for this mentorship uh, aspect. And it's, it's such an important area in our practice or in honestly in any practice to have a good mentor um, and whoever 
will be your mentee. I'm sure will be, you know, very appreciative of all the help that you'll be providing. It's, um, I think that a lot of, you know, our successes as individuals really does come from the help from our mentors that we had along the way. And, you know, I've heard it time and time again, mentors are absolutely key um, in your life. And um, so this platform that you've created, this Level Up initiative, it's, it's such an amazing platform. And uh, we wanted to ask you a little bit to uh, explain what this is, what this initiative is, and why you started it. And for anyone who's listening, if you just visit thelevelupinitiative.com, you can also check out their website. He, Zach just launched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. Lots of hard work behind that thing. Looks amazing. Thank you, boys. Yeah, so I mean, basically, the Level Up Initiative is, it's an online mentorship platform for students and new graduates. And, you know, it's really trying to equip, equip them with the skills and mindsets necessary to be a part of driving positive change in healthcare. Uh, you guys said it best. Mentorship is absolutely everything. And what I've attempted to create is a community of people that really personify our core values. And really just trying to get those core values to be the main culture of healthcare. Um, so there's a lot of work to do, but essentially what happens is um, we have 48 students signed up, students and new grads signed up for this first wave of mentorship starting on Wednesday. It's four mm -hmm. months long. Each of them is paired in a, in a group with six other people with a mentor that I've selected. And so for this first wave, there's about eight mentors and we already have 60 people on the waiting list for January. And it goes through some of our core principles, which are growth mindset, critical thinking, listening and communication, which are essentially to me, the number one things that new graduates and students should be equipped with before anything else, if they're going to be treating clinically. And even beyond that, with, as it applies to business as well, whether you want to be a social media influencer having these as your core sort of principles and learning how to leverage these skills a little bit more can be absolutely game changing for students and new grads. Yeah, that's definitely true. And um, you mentioned that you want to provide the students with some core values, which we really identify with such as uh, growth mindset and uh, the importance of communication. Uh, yeah. In general, you also mentioned that you want to mentor students clinically as well as a little bit about business. So, uh, a question emerges. Why do you think it's important for students to learn business? So, you know, it's funny because I actually, I had zero, zero, zero interest in learning business in school. Um, I had, I was so obsessed with the clinical stuff and the academia side. And I had no desire to run a clinic because I saw firsthand the nasty side of healthcare, which is so productivity driven that I felt it really blunted the integrity of what we were trying to deliver. Um, but that being said, and now learning from my own lessons, I realized firsthand how important it is to have some degree at least, or some sort of like baseline information regarding business. Um, because it's just so important as, as individuals, we are walking brands. We are walking ambassadors for physical therapy. So understanding at least a little bit about the business side of things goes a long way, whether you're working as a solo cash-based guy or whether you're another provider within a clinic. You can bring a tremendous amount of value having a little bit of that business background. 
Mm-hmm, absolutely, it's uh, it's really important. Even you know, in, anywhere in Canada, in in the in the U.S. and and we've already talked to some uh, European physiotherapists, and they've also mentioned uh, the same thing. This this business seems to be a very important concept in uh, physiotherapy uh, altogether. Now, this episode, we really want to focus ourselves on the branding piece. You you know, you've done a great job branding the Level Up Initiative, um, and you also actually. Uh, uh, recommended a book to us that really changed your view on this topics and which we've read and absolutely love. Um, can you describe what the book is and the message that is conveyed in it and how that af- has affected your branding? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think just, I just want to backtrack for one second and I want to just throw one final sort of thing on the whole, why it's important for PTs to understand business first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the one thing that I would just say, and, and my, my two cents for, for whatever it's worth is that my only fear is that I see so many PT students that are very excited about learning more business. And I think that that's amazing, but I've also seen a lot of PTs that only care about the business side of things. And I think that sometimes it can swing a little too far to one side of the pendulum that they do get a little bit clouded by maybe some of the productivity and ethics side of thing. So I would just like to say, you know, from my own standpoint that we're physical therapists first. So anything that kind of compromises our integrity and our ethics, I think, you know, we need to just be cognizant of that. So, you know, to kind of reiterate, having that business background is so hugely important. Working with people that understand business is so hugely important. I just, um, I think some people, get so carried away in just thinking the business mind that they forget about just being a human and they forget about like actually learning some of the clinical skills when they go into actually start treating, if that makes sense. Right. No, absolutely. It makes sense. It's honestly, we're hoping that, you know, with improving the business education and business acumen, we can help improve the care. That's, that's really the underlying reason why we think that the business side is also important because obviously if you have a practice you can manage uh, appropriately, you can manage your resources, manage your assistants, manage the people. It, um, there's a lot of different business components. That's not just all about the numbers. And, and, you know, like you said, I mean, uh, hopefully, I mean, individuals who do apply these business principles are doing it in, in an ethical way. And um, a lot of everyone we've interviewed and we've had on our podcast so far have been very successful ethically. And, you know, they haven't needed to do anything um, that was outside their moral compass. So it's definitely an important uh, aspect. But also, again, obviously, it needs to be within some sort of boundaries. Definitely agree with that. Yeah, no, you, you put it really well and totally on point. And uh, so now kind of going on to what you asked about the whole branding. So, you know, it's funny, the, uh, the, the book, Building a Story Brand, uh, really great book that was recommended to me. But I think what's interesting about it is that while that book definitely played a role in nuancing some of the approach, the branding ultimately starts when you are a human that's starting to network with people. You know, when, when I networked with you guys the other week and we hopped on the phone, you guys are brand, like you guys are ambassadors of your brand. So whether you like it or not, even before reading this book, like you're really starting to build up your brand and what you stand for. So I think the funny thing for me was that starting Simple Strength Physio, my account about almost two years ago, you know, I was building this brand that is now the Level Up Initiative way back then. Um, but this book really helped me to kind of like, 
explain why the branding that I used for the past couple of years has worked. And so we can break that down a little bit, but does that, is that, you know what I'm talking about? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, um, we've also read that book with the story brand, um, building a story brand by Donald Miller. Fantastic book. <laughs> Listen to it very quickly on the subway. Maybe like <laughs> took me four trips back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> I, read, I read that in a day. I read that in a day because we, Yo, ready for this? This is how powerful that book was. Um, I was getting ready for website launch, which was like a four or five month process. And uh, it was the week before. And I basically had like, I had like a whole essay written out of like all my emotions and feelings and uh, <laughs> on, on the website page. And I showed it to one of my, my business partners and he was like, in the nicest way possible, was basically like, dude, this needs to be like 80% of what this is please, please just go read this book. So I went home. Um, thankfully, actually, luckily, my, my girlfriend and coworker and other passionate PT staff actually had gotten that for me for our anniversary present. So I didn't even have to go buy it. Um, I just got the present early. I read through it in literally a day. And I cut out about 85, 90% of my website um, in terms of the website copy and the words of what you're looking at. And the book really helped to clarify the message that I was kind of branding, I just wasn't doing it in the most strategic way possible. Um, so just, just as a shout out, that book really was absolutely game changing because it was like, man, critiquing myself, I had a lot of work to do. And I think we always have work to do. That's the beauty of the growth mindset. But uh, it was extremely insightful. Yeah, definitely. That book changes your perspective because uh, we always think that customers want to hear about our story. And yep. what we all stand for and when we invented everything and how our story went through, but what they really care about is how we can help them solve their problems. Right. Well, and, uh, and, that, and that's exactly it is it's not, you know, I am not the hero of level up. No one wants to, it's not about me and my story. It's about how can I be the guide for the heroes, which are my target audience, which is new grads and students. These, uh, these are the heroes that are going to be the folks that drive legitimate change into physical therapy through advocating and speaking up and, uh, and being the voice that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And it, it was really interesting, you know, when I was uh, listening to this book as well, it's the way they describe, you know, the hero, right? The, the client as the hero. And, you know, I was kind of relating it to our profession a little bit. It's, we have intuitively done this a little bit with our patients, this whole patient-centered care and moving away from paternalistic care. We, we've essentially made the patient the center of you know, our care, right? They're the hero, so it's all about them. And it has a lot of components that are relatable to what we do, not just as you know, branding, uh, which has a huge impact. It's really great for branding, but even outside that a little bit, you know, talking about our care and how we you know, approach our patients, we put them as the individuals that it's, it's all about them, right? They need to yep. get better. It's about their goals and what they want. To We're just essentially just kind of facilitating all that. Absolutely. We are facilitators and the patients are the hero 110%. Definitely. So Zach, you mentioned that you're not going to be the hero of the level up initiative, but we're interested in hearing what's your main message behind your branding at the level up initiative. You know, I, I think the main sort of message that comes across with the branding is just that it's really for people that are just 
fed up with the lack of change in healthcare over the past couple of decades, despite all of the evidence that shows us that we need change and the failure to arrest the growing numbers and chronic pain and spending and the outdated curriculums in our PT schools. It's a, it's a brand that represents people that are frustrated and, and want a new standard for healthcare. And uh, that's, that's to me what it kind of stands for. Mm -hmm. And so can you maybe take us through the process of how you uh, came up with these ideas and how you ended up refining them? Because, um, you know, it, you mentioned that it, it was a bit of a long, longer process. So it didn't happen overnight. So can you maybe yeah. dig a little bit into that? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, when I, I was driving, um, <laughs> I was driving in my car January. I remember um, Steph had called me and she's like, you got to listen to this podcast. And, you know, I listened to this podcast and, you know, that's, a, that's a, essentially where the genesis of this idea came from. I had wanted to do something in the educational space and mentoring space and like motivational speaking, but I didn't know how to do that. Um, and then this idea came to fruition um, about this guy that was talking about how do you level up and uh, what makes a persuasive speaker and a powerful presenter. And I just really resonated with it. And I was like, this is it. Like the level up initiative. It, it's, it's taking all the people that are feeling really frustrated, right? You want to talk about the power of psychology and branding. You need people to feel something. And that's something that I've been able to do effectively when I teach, when I work with patients, when I mentor students is, you know, really making them feel something and feel that emotion. Um, so it was leveraging that emotion now into the greater good of driving positive change. So, you know, I didn't really know it at the time, but I was creating an idea that made everyone the focus of being the hero of driving change because it was bigger than any one of us alone. Um, I think the issue was, is that, I had this really grandiose vision of everything that it could be. And that was for me the hardest part was really trying to figure out what was my vision? What, would, what was this going to be? Because I was like, oh, it's going to be motivational speaking. It's going to go, it's going to transcend healthcare and it's going to go beyond healthcare. It's going to go to fitness and whatever. And I had all of these ideas and it really took, uh, there's this book called Traction by Gino Wickman, which I'm sure you guys have heard of. If you yeah. haven't, definitely write that down. Unreal. But um, the operating system. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. More, more than anything else, it really made me take a hard look in the mirror in terms of chiseling down my vision. And it really made me focus on what is the one thing that you want to do that you want to do that you want to execute on. And I, this one quote sticks in my head, which is when everything is important, nothing is important. Um, so it really took me through asking myself the hard questions of who is my target audience? What is our goal? What are we trying to do? And through those processes and different iterations and getting a ton of feedback from students that I work with, that's how I kind of chiseled away eventually at that refined vision statement, which came out about two months later after the soft launch, which was inspiring positive change in healthcare. Um, and then it, it kind of was much easier from there because I had this chiseled down vision and it made it much easier to execute. And uh, reading StoryBrand was just very helpful because it really helped me um, understand the more of the psychology behind marketing and playing on people's emotions and, and realizing that people are not going to read paragraphs of shit on a, on a website <laughs> because yeah. that's just, it burns too many calories. People don't, people don't give a shit about that. They want to see, they want to see how, how is this relevant to solving my problems? 
And is there an easy, accessible way that I can click through stuff to learn more information? You know, that has to be that priority when you're going through some of your branding process and, and some of your copy. But, um, you know, it ultimately all starts with the leader and it all starts with how you carry yourself as an ambassador of the brand. I think that's what makes the most successful brands. That's what I've learned from some of the most successful brands on Instagram is, um, is not so much how sexy is their content or whatever, but like how do they also carry themselves as individuals and ambassadors for the brand? Because that also speaks to um, a personification of their brand. Hundred percent, and it's funny how you mentioned the book traction because uh, I'm three subway rides into it right now. <laughs> this is the next book after the story brand I'm reading or listening to, based on uh, Wendy Coombs' recommendation. She's one of the top entrepreneurs in uh, Canada in terms nice. of the physical therapy space. So uh, definitely uh, uh, very refreshing. But they do speak about how you as a leader have to represent the company and that the leadership team has to have a clear vision and uh, clear goals in mind to take the brand and the company forward. But it's also interesting how you mentioned emotions and the fact that they're a very powerful driver of, uh, um, of people getting attention towards the brand. So um, the boys at PTBC have always been interested in psychology as a subject. And yeah. um, the way it kind of applies to our life, but it seems to be a little bit underrated, but it is very applicable to branding. So can you comment on the importance of using psychology knowledge for branding? Well, yeah, and it's kind of like twofold because for me, it starts with how important psychology is in our practice as physical therapists. Um, Cause we are not psychologists by any means, but we, you know, I always ask people all the time. I'm like, do we use words when we communicate with our patients? Yes, yes. right? We do. <laughs> so I think it's very important that we understand the science behind linguistics and how, and, and, you know, nonverbal body language, because that's stuff that arguably creates more effective outcomes than any of the sexy techniques or things that we do. Um, so ultimately, the way that we communicate to people in both verbal and nonverbal ways, the way that we listen, the way that we create connection and create this emotional feel is how we can actually influence people in physical therapy to buy into their plan of care and stay committed to their plan of care and get awesome outcomes. So it's leveraging that positive psychology and then it's using it in the brand standpoint too. So with Level Up, that's essentially what I did was... I created this narrative around emotion and um, this emotion, this powerful emotion of frustration and people feeling like they want to do better. They are fed up with the system and they really, they, they want to provide the best care possible for their patients. And they don't feel like they can do that right now with the current system that we're in. That's um, really predicated by productivity centric care and an outdated curriculum. So that, that was essentially it. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's it's a uh, it's a very important concept because you, you know this whole positive uh, knowing about psychology in general, you have to understand how people operate, right? In order to try to at least uh, create positive change, and we use a lot of these techniques. You know, the, back in the day where participation, I think a lot of different exercise advertisements, etc., that they used to use 
positive psychology to try to influence people to exercise more, right? And, you know, make it look good. You know, you have these people that are happy exercising back when, you know, it wasn't as big. I mean, obviously there's, it's, it could still improve, but I don't know if uh, similar advertisements were in the US. I'm just talking about what I saw in the Canadian TV channels. But um, yeah, definitely um, it's a very important aspect. Like, And like we've said before, and like we've heard other people say, we are in the business of people, right? And once you have people involved, you have that psychology component involved because we're not just, you know, a bunch of systems put together, right? We're the systems are secondary to the brain and the brain is just the main aspect of the human being, right? Well, and that's, so for me, one of my big aha moments was when, when a mentor challenged me and was like, Zach, how can, cause I, it was when I came out of school and I was like, I was like, Brumez, what, what con ed should I do? Should I do SFMA? Should I do PRI? Should I do Mulligan McKenzie? And he was like, Zach, let me ask you something. He's like, all these systems work. All these systems work really well. And to every one of them, their system is the best system. How can that be? How can that be that every system is the best system and they all get good outcomes? It's because of the operator and it's because of the person delivering that and building that therapeutic alliance and beliefs are just so fucking powerful. They are everything. And when we, as physical therapists, I mean, eight out of 10 people are going to get better on their own as long as we're not dumbasses. You know, <laughs> yeah. so as much as we like to take credit for all the fancy stuff that we do, if we just, you know what I mean? Like just by virtue of creating a positive therapeutic alliance and beliefs in oneself that they're going to get better, a lot of mm -hmm. times they are going to get better. And that is powerful. And that really, that was really what sold me on why I focus more on the soft skills and ways that I can continue to educate and learn more about the importance of communication and listening. Um, because a lot of times, and if we read, um, Oh man, I, I can't think of the book off the top of my head, um, but it talks so much about how vulnerability in healthcare is one of the keys to actually getting it out of the uh, epidemic that we're in. But you know, just by listening and communicating, we can create some really incredible strategies that don't make them depend on us. And uh, that's what it's all about in terms of driving positive change in healthcare. Then it's just up to us to flip our revenue models so that we're not dependent on three visits a week for six weeks to get paid, but rather figuring out a new business model that makes it healthcare and not sick care. And we can actually start to practice with ethics and integrity and push people away from us. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you were saying, um, there was a study I read um, in January or February time. And they were talking about how contextual factors in a therapy setting really influences individuals. And, you know, they talked about how um, for a lot of conditions, this, the contextual factors, you know, all the things are, you know, outside of the actual technique that we're using are so important and can have a positive effect on its own. Just the way we, you know, um, hold ourselves, how confident we look, how, oh, yeah. how we're dressed, how the, um, how the clinic looks, how the atmosphere is. And overall, if that, that individual has a good experience that already has, you know, a positive therapeutic effect, even when they come in. I don't know if you felt this or I, I felt this before. I've uh, Sometimes I would have some sort of issue. I'd go like a long time ago, I'd go into a physio clinic, I'd go into a doctor's office, whatever. And suddenly like the pain goes away, <laughs> you know, it's just things get better. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know why it just feels great now. And then once I read the study and you know, I realized maybe it was just the contextual factors that, 
influenced you know me and, and as a person and that had a therapeutic effect just coming to that era because I, I you know I had the expectation <laughs> of getting better a little bit and uh, you know I liked my physiotherapist and just <laughs> overall it was a good experience for me right so that's it's it's so it's so important and it's just so it's so funny because people can people can talk about it as this like hooey sort of like we're physical therapists. We, you know, we do things to people and we da 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 da. But it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's so crazy to me because the science, the hard science behind what happens with placebo and expectations and contextual factors is real hard science. And it's, su it's super fascinating to read about how that um, might affect the words we use, the language we use, the way we dress, the way we create culture within our clinics, um, all of these things that you just mentioned. It's, it's just super, it, it blows my mind every time I read about it. And, and, and honestly, that will also feed back into your whole uh, your whole clinic and how yeah. successful your clinic will be. I mean, the, the more, the better the experience, like we've talked about before the, for the patients overall, one is you provide a good care. They're going to come back. They might, you know, bring their friends, et cetera. So it's, it's a win-win for everybody. You know, you're providing the best well, care and you're providing um, an opportunity for your clinic to grow. So it's, it's all kind of working together as well. I mean, obviously if used appropriately, and, and then, yeah, and then to tie it back together to, you know, the original theme of branding, I think that a big part of that, you know, we just touched on is culture. And uh, that's where, for those listening, I think a really important step in your branding process is creating your core values. Because when you create your core values, and you really stand for those and embody those, you're going to attract the right people that really also resonate with those hard. And when you start to get that energy in a room of people that um, embody those core values, you're going to start to build an unbelievable culture. And that culture is going to start to just exude emotion and feelings. And people are going to know, like when people who know me see level up or know me, like they know what I'm about. They know, they know what my branding stands for because they know what I stand for. They know what my core values are. Um, so I think that's a little tidbit to just touch in. There's the importance of, um, of finalizing your core values. I, I, I ended up doing six, but I think that keeping it three to five is really helpful and important. Definitely. And um, we t touched a lot about on this topic in the podcast, but what do you think the main branding message for the industry of physiotherapy should be to its patients? Well, I think you, you touched on it earlier perfectly. We are, and this is what I tell my students and my, my mentees all the time. Like, we are facilitators and um, the, the patients are our heroes. Um, they are the ones that are getting back to their day to day and um, living the lives they want to lead. So I think that that's, that's the storyline that we have to go with, you know, is that, is that we are really, we are the, we are the guides. They are the, they are the heroes. Their villain is pain. Um, their villain is depression. Their villain is, whatever it is that's subjectively keeping them away from the things that they love to do. And we are the guide giving them a call to action. Here's our game plan. Here's our strategy of how you're going to get better. That's how I think we need to be marketing physio and physical therapy. Um, but it requires a really big slice, a really big slice. Probably you actually have to eat the whole thing of humble pie because there's just too many physios that are so egocentric. Um, that they refuse to kind of denounce their importance 
Um, so I think that's why one of my core values and what I'm trying to breed with Level Up is people that really display this humility where, yes, it's important for us to study our butts off so we can know as much as possible, but it's not about us. It's not about us being the stud physical therapist that knows all the manual techniques. It's about being the facilitator and the guide, the confident guide that gets these heroes back to living their day to day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, this topic of branding and physiotherapy reminded me of a talk that uh, I, I actually wasn't able to go to, but there was a conference, a leadership conference that happened in, um, in uh, Canada, in Ottawa, I think, where one of the individuals, one of the presenters, uh, Dr. Dave Walton, he's uh, at a Western. He, yeah, he's he talking about a, a branding problem that we have in physiotherapy, because again, when you ask what is physiotherapy or, you know, a lot of individuals might not actually know the answer to that. And I'm just talking about like the people in the public. Obviously, we have so many different roles, which makes us, you know, such a great profession with so much opportunity. But at the same time, it makes it hard to kind of tell people what we do in one or two sentences. Right. So what's your take on this? branding issue and how do you propose that we can try to solve this well again i think it comes back to us having to again if you read the storyline of the of my website too it's everything i stand for but it starts with taking the hard look in the mirror realizing that we're not the star of the show and as soon as we can do that i think we can actually start to create a brand and storyline for being the guides and our patients being the heroes of their story um, I think that's really what we need to get across is what we do as physios is we help people get back to, um, you know, doing the things that they love. I actually, if, if you give me a second, I can actually pull up Danny Matei had a very funny meme today that uh, actually resonated this perfectly. <laughs> so are you yeah. familiar with like, are you familiar with the Hayville Ryan Gosling memes? Yeah, yeah, we uh, we commented <laughs> on that one as well. Yeah, we saw the so, meme. Is so why don't I why don't I just read it for the people listening? Um, it says, "Hey, girl, I know you don't know what physical therapy is. It's okay. No one does. Me <laughs> plus you equals less pain and more fun. Sound good? That <laughs> is smart branding right there. And that is, you know." I think we get so caught up in the X's and O's of having to have this, like, we are movement experts. Like, the APTA's vision statement is that we're movement experts, and that couldn't be further from the truth because our TheraX is a freaking joke um, in our curriculums. But something like what Danny just posted, that's something I can get behind. Um, whether we want to use exercise as one of the most evidence-based tools to do that or not is on us. But um, I, I really like that sort of, like, more ambiguous branding of, like, <laughs> you know what? I think, I think we're always going to have so many people that are so passionate about the differences of what we do, fighting about the X's and O's. If we can come together with the commonalities of we help people get back to doing the things that they want to do. <laughs> we are the musculoskeletal, you know, if we want to go a little bit further, I would say we should be the first line of musculoskeletal care, um, you know, for folks that are dealing with musculoskeletal pain, neuromuscular skeletal pain. We should be the first people they see. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. And uh, in all honesty, like, we're all tired of um, getting asked this question when we say that we're physiotherapists and like, oh, is that like when you do massage? <laughs> so <laughs> it's... Don't get, um, don't get me triggered. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, all my friends that I've told you, they they literally go with that line and it's just starting to uh, upset me a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> 
but so, I think I think it's sad too because you get desensitized to it after a while. So like I don't even get as triggered as I used to when I hear stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. It's old news now. Yeah. Um, it's definitely our duty as physiotherapists to brand our profession in a positive light and uh, in the right message that puts the patient as the hero. So in order for us to become better at this, we need some resources. So do you have any specific resources that you can recommend potentially to learn about branding uh, besides the book that we've already uh, uh, kind of been talking about on the podcast? So, yeah, so I'm going to, I'm going to go out this a couple of different ways. Um, I think that number one, that book is a fantastic starting point. Um, I think that traction by Gino Wickman is another really important starting point because it allows you to go through some, um, it allows you to go through some different creative ways of your vision branding and without a vision, your brand is nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that that's equally, if not more important (laughs) because without a vision, you can't brand. Um, that being said, you know, I think I, I haven't had any other real um, hard branding things from a book. And I think this more so speaks to the power of human connection. I think the things that I've learned from branding are from other really successful brands. Um, so I think some of the people that I've learned the most from are, are guys like Gary Vee. Um, and then, you know, even from a less so social media influencer standpoint, but even just looking at some of the accounts in on Instagram these days, you know, guys like Hannah Moves, um, I think that he's an amazing lesson in branding because um, mm-hmm. he's just created this powerhouse of, you know what he stands for, um, his personality shines through. And so it kind of gives you this really good taste. And I think another two examples of that that I really like are um, Andy Chen with Embark Lifestyle. I think that as a new grad or as a PT student, he's done a fantastic job of creating a brand um, and creating that dual personality. I think the thing that we're picking up on is that you need a personality. You need that sort of like, you need that sort of embodiment, that leader of the brand and it, and it makes it that much more effective. Um, and then lastly, like, I think the movement, I think, um, Dalton and Will have done a great job and I think that they're learning and they're getting better and it's showing, um, I think they're doing a great job with their branding and, uh, what they stand for. Um, so for me, like I actually learn more from really good social media accounts rather than like a textbook on branding, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes that makes perfect sense. And, you know, we also definitely agree, uh, Nick, Andy, um, you know, Dalton, Will, all these guys on on uh, Instagram, they have such great branding, they've been able to really get their message out. And, you know, like you said, they've been really able to put their personality out there, you know, in their brand. And we're learning a lot from them as well on on our uh, platform and trying to learn from them, from you guys. So it's, it's really great to have you guys in our feed and to see what you guys are doing. Cause it, you know, gives us ideas and motivates us to get better. So, you know, sh- shout out to those guys as well. You know, they've been doing excellent jobs. Well, including you guys. Yeah, man. And you, and you just said it, I think that was what I was trying to say. I just went the roundabout way of it is networking. Mm-hmm. Um, networking is everything you want to learn about branding, freaking network, get on the phone with people and just, have conversations with other passionate people and you will learn and you will, it, you know, I from Brett, Brett Bartholomew talks about informal mentors and um, 
you know, just by hopping on a phone call with someone, you learn something, you know, they can be an informal mentor and, and you learn a lot from that. So I just think the value in networking is just absolutely everything. And it builds brand awareness and brand loyalty. Because when you have a good conversation with someone, you've just won, you've just won over someone, you've just influenced someone to believe in your mission. And um, that just helps you build that loyal base, which really helps perpetuate successful brands, in my opinion. Absolutely. hundred percent agree. Uh, so Zach, we've, we're nearing the end of the podcast and we wanted to ask about uh, some of the habits that really drive your sec- uh, success. Um, you know, you, you're definitely an individual that we think that, you know, has done so many good things in our profession and you've already achieved so much success. So what are some of these habits that uh, you've used to get you to where you are today? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think, I think more than anything, it's this like unrelenting, deep burning determination, like just having that mindset of refusing to be outworked or out hustled. If there's something that you want to accomplish, um, you know, that being said, I think a helpful task for that, for implementing that strategy is literally, this is so corny and we hear it all the time, but until I started taking action on it, it was mind blowing. But you give yourself small tasks or large tasks on a daily basis and, um, and you just execute that and you fulfill that promise to yourself and you literally just grow. It's like, it's so my, one of my favorite things is Wolf's law, <laughs> just like how we adapt to stress and, um, building confidence and building determination is no different. When you put yourself in a position and you give yourself a goal on a daily basis, you stress yourself in a way that you get it done and you successfully manage that. The next day you come back even stronger. Granted, you need rest days in between because the same way that you do when you're growing muscle because otherwise you'll get burnt out. But um, you know, one of the things that was most helpful was I started with my mentor. We called it the 505, the 505 tribe, which he had started. But basically, we'd wake up at 5 a.m., hop on a conference call at 505, and we would say our one most important thing for the day, and uh, you get it done. You know, you could find about a million excuses every day, but at the end of the day, there's plenty of time to get things done. And I think that waking up a little bit earlier, um, time blocking as well, and then giving myself daily tasks to accomplish has been very, very, very helpful in helping my success because without that, I wouldn't have got level up done. I had a lot of things to do on top of working 40 hours clinically, on top of creating a curriculum and teaching a one credit elective course and on top of opening a new clinic location. Um, so I could have thought about a million different excuses to not get it done, but it's about just taking action, giving yourself attainable goals, and just that, that micro speed and macro patience, as Gary Vee says, very eloquent. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the fact that you do the 5, uh, 5 a.m. Uh, or the 5.05 uh, conference call in the mornings. That's, that's a really cool concept, cool idea. I mean, I'm glad you said that because the previous 505, my my mind was a bus that I used to take. And it was an absolute brutal bus. So I'm glad now there's a positive spin on 505. <laughs> the 505 stands for grind, determination, and grit, baby. Right. Nice. Yeah, these are definitely some of the important habits that we want to implement in ourselves too, like trying not to get outworked and make sure that we're like the Kobe of the NBA. <laughs> getting up at 7 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> getting up at 7 a.m., going for a shoot around, then a gym session, then another shoot around, beating everybody in the gym. Yeah. He was the epitome of uh, not being outworked. Um, and it's definitely been a, 
great podcast, not in terms of not only in terms of the habit standpoint, but also from the branding piece that you offered a lot of amazing knowledge on. So where can uh, listeners find you on social media, your level up initiative, as well as your personal Instagram accounts? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you boys. And the feelings mutual. I love what you guys are doing and, um, and the branding that you guys have created. That's what really resonated when I saw you guys popping up. So it was an honor for me to be on as well, but you can, you can find more of me if you're interested at, um, my personal handle is simple strength physio. If you want to see a passionate nut ranting about some current topics in physical therapy. And then, uh, my, the level up brand is at the level up initiative is the Instagram page, which we're doing professionally with, you know, aesthetic branding and a lot of creative strategies. So that's been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah. And if you're interested in learning more, you can head over to the level up initiative.com. If you want to kind of see the story brands played out, that I think the website does a really good job of following the storyline and uh, giving you an idea of like the chronology and the sequencing of, of how that can look in a branding scheme. Definitely. And it's been an amazing take um, on what you've done with the Level Up initiative. And uh, for those listeners who are interested in meeting you in person in Toronto, potentially, uh, I believe you have an event coming up as well. Yeah, possibly we're, we're sorting it out, but it's pretty much looking to be finalized, but I'll be coming up, um, October 19th to hang out with Mr. Hannah moves. And I think we're going to do a physio night out. Um, so look for that. And, um, I'm just pumped cause there's a lot of great energy and fresh young PTs up in Canada that are killing it. So I'm just trying to network and meet some other like-minded people because, you get fired up and more inspired every time you meet and talk with individuals like yourselves. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And we're super excited to meet you as well. We've been coming out to physio night out and uh, we'll continue to support and having great speakers like you and Hannah, uh, Nick Hannah on there as well would be fantastic. So thank you so much for the podcast and uh, we're really looking forward to releasing it. Hell yeah. Talk to you guys soon. Thank you everyone for tuning in to the PTBC podcast. Hope you enjoyed the episode today. Please check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at our website, ptbusinesscorner.com. Feel free to send us a message on social media or email us at info at ptbusinesscorner.com. See you next time.